As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Brucey. How are you? Uh, started a few minutes early today because I have <clears throat> my physical at 9.15 and so I'm going to end it a few minutes early as well and uh, and go and check how I'm doing. Remember, it was, uh, it was the ill-fated, maybe not ill-fated at all, but it was my physical, my routine physical having turned 50, um, I ended up going for my physical and finding out that I needed heart surgery. I actually went a year, maybe a little too late. I mean, I, I guess I well, I guess I turned fifty in uh, twenty twenty. Remember that weird fiftieth? Uh, no party for me. There was a uh, there was um, a drive by. We had like a kind of a weird drive by. My wife organized a, a surprise. It was actually. Very special. Um, it was freezing cold, December 24th, um, down at Compo Beach. Everyone kind of, all the families huddled together, socially distanced, 
and I kind of just walked past them at a, you know, about maybe about a meter apart from them, just gave them high fives. And um, there were little gift bags. It was actually very special. Um, and then I ended up going for my physical April of 2021, surgery June 2021, and the rest is history. Um, so time to go for another physical. Uh, you know, <clears throat> every every guy has to admit it, uh, get their prostate checked. And, um, and uh, you know, I actually didn't get my blood tests last year. I should have. I just was too lazy to. But uh, I'm sure I'll have my bloods to have to take care of and uh, hopefully my heart is is sounding good Um, but this is just a little PSA to anyone out there which is especially if your insurance covers it and even if they don't um, get your health checked uh, checked up especially when you are now north of 40 45 certainly 50 uh, your annual general physical is not an if uh, it is a must it is a when and uh, yeah so we'll be heading there as well. It's also uh, 4.20 today, so happy 4.20. Um, there is a POAP today, and, uh, and the POAP will be, um, the POAP, will, it's a magic POAP, like a magic mushroom. And so what it means is that if you and I are together IRL in the same place at the same time, in a country or a state where uh, it is legal, um, we'll we'll have a little gummy together, a little small microdose of a gummy together, and uh, we'll have a little bit of a moment together. Um, so that is the magical uh, poep today. It is a poep with magical powers, um, and uh, and there is a code for that as well. Uh, the code, uh, in true fashion, I forgot it because you know, that that was just a joke. But the code is chill pill. Two words: chill pill. Chill pill. Take a chill pill. Sometimes life is too tense and we need to take a bit of a chill pill. So um, that is, um, I guess, one more thing to share. Unfortunately, found out yesterday that uh, another friend of mine, this one is a work colleague, uh, Nick Johnson, passed away. Uh, He had been, um, I guess, hiding, um, being very quiet and private about a battle with cancer, which... I didn't know about, and he passed away yesterday. Um, It's, you know, my reflection is three friends of mine, um, you know, industry colleagues have now passed away. People have actually been on my show. Um, Sean Finnegan, uh, John Durham, now Nick Johnson. Nick, um, I'm going to go find the the video and, and, and republish it was one of the most insane days ever. Uh, he was meant to be on the show. Uh, he was on the show, but but it was the day we'd had this massive, massive storm, like massive, massive, massive storm. And <clears throat> we never had we never had power in Westport for about a week. Pretty much no one had power for about a week. And uh, there was no Wi-Fi. And uh, it was just, uh, I just, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget, uh, I'll just never forget how crazy it was. It was in the middle of COVID. Um, I'm actually finding it right now. Um, I'm going to read to you the blurb. First of all, first of all, uh, good morning, Groundswell. Oh, and he's, he's in and he's out. Um, but uh, I'm going to put the, the chat in for you the cafe chat, and I'll 
read you the blurb. Um, <clears throat> it said Corona Cocktails 8-4. So I guess it was August 4th, 2020. Um, so like moment in time. Normally my friend Nick Johnson and I would say to one another, don't check in, check out. But today we're saying check in to a very special episode of Corona TV. Well, actually, uh, Corona Cocktails. Well, actually, Corona Birthday Cocktails because it's Nick's birthday. So we're celebrating at 5 p.m. Um, <clears throat> and then heading over to the Zoom after show for mayhem, debauchery, uh, chicanery, and hijinks. Uh, but actually, now that I realize it, didn't it didn't actually happen we didn't do um the corona cocktails at all uh because if you see by the by the image <clears throat> nick is at home and i'm in my car i literally drove to a parking lot near the starbucks trying my best to actually um you know try to get some wi-fi there was no wi-fi and then just you know pairing to my phone um we did a version of the show uh it's 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 a moment in time it's a moment a moment in time where the show went on the show must go on the show went on and and uh you know nick and i i've got this moment recorded i'm going to go back and uh, and watch it um and and remember him and share that moment with him um but wow i mean you know that's uh that that's one of the crazy things about doing a show like almost every day or doing a show like throughout the ages, uh, they are time stamps. They are moments in time. You know, I, I've said that I don't think there are many people, if any people, that created as much content during this three-year COVID period. And, um, you know, everything from George Floyd to the insurrection to like whatever was going on in the world, um, the show went on and the show was a like a time capsule. So I know where I was when just be you know the show the the show before my heart surgery the first show after heart surgery I can go back and look at myself throughout the years um I can look at my health I can look at my wellness I can think about what was going on in my in my life what was going on in the world it's amazing I mean <clears throat> there's a a much easier way to do that for sure which is just keeping a diary quite frankly you know, just being able to, uh, just being able to journal, like you can do that. Anyone can do that. Just, just journal, um, journal, um, and and remember your thoughts. You know, remember your thoughts before you forget them. Now, when I look back and I think about my mom, um, there's so many thoughts that are just jumbled up, timestamps and context, and did this really happen? And is it just my imagination and and memories are fuzzy and, you know, you kind of cling or you wish that you could, you you know, like I, I wish, for example, you know, at my wedding, for example, that or or any moments or my graduation, that if I'd taken the time to just write or leave a little voice note, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, the people around me, moments of tragedy, of triumph, for myself, other members of my family, for my loved ones, um, I would be able to, those memories would stay fresh, fresh, fresh in my mind, you know, as opposed to becoming, you know, almost like a game of broken telephones. Like each time you recall, it's almost like the message is is being passed on from someone to somebody else. And, uh, 
and it just gets foggy and it gets blurry and it gets ambiguous and it gets confusing and it gets diluted as well. Um, <clears throat> and so like, you know, I have some very strong memories of Nick. I have strong memories of everyone that's passed away. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's sad. It's sad, but I'll tell you one thing. If we're together on 420 or any other day together, uh, we will, uh, you know, we will have that gummy, uh, that legal gummy in his honor. Um, so how about that? All right. So today is live read Thursday, and we are going to read chapter 12 of Belonging to the Brand, Why Community is the Last Great Marketing Strategy by the one, the only, best-selling author of Marketing Rebellion and countless other books, Mr. Mark Schaefer. Uh, this is chapter 12, and uh, I'm looking at it. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a chapter we can absolutely bang out in the time. <clears throat> the Secret Communities. No discussion about the future would be complete without acknowledging the sociological changes creating new and at times secretive communities. Yes, the tech giants are driving obvious changes like the metaverse, but young people are also creating important changes to the marketing landscape as they seek safe, private, and authentic places to belong away from the mainstream, in many cases away from everything. My friend Sarah Wilson, a writer, consultant, and former executive at Facebook and Instagram, studies the micro-trends driving young consumers into the nooks and crannies of the web. Sarah dubs these places digital campfires, closed and often more interactive online spaces where our, where our customers are hidden from measurement or even detection. Research shows that young people crave a respite from the throngs of people on social platforms, throngs that now can include their parents, she said. They're hiding out in their online bunkers, connecting only to their friends, or at least to people who share their niche interests in more private online spaces. Sarah's research identified three types of digital campfires, private messaging, micro-community, and shared experience. Number one, private messaging campfires. Nearly two-thirds of people under the age of 30 prefer to talk in private message threads like Messenger and WhatsApp, where they can share more openly. For the most part, brands aren't invited into these private chats. Some have responded by adapting similar technologies like texting to mimic the intimacy of personal conversations with friends. Although some technological solutions are emerging, this is the hardest campfire community for marketers to access. Number two, micro-community campfires. Micro-community campfires are private tribes that live on platforms like Facebook groups, Slack, and Discord. These campfires are not indexed by Google or advertised on the platforms themselves, so they're difficult or impossible to find by traditional means. Brands can tap into existing micro-community campfires by partnering with influencers, or they can spark their own campfires from scratch. One example is the soft drink Sprite, which spearheaded a campaign for the Latin American market called You Are Not Alone. The company used search data from Google to determine personal pain points among its young consumers and then set up Reddit forums, each helmed by an influencer who had personal experience with a current relevant issue. Uh, 
And number three, shared experience campfires. Perhaps the best example of this type is Fortnite, a multiplayer metaverse game with more than 350 million users. I am not one of them. Every time I play, I die right away. What's the point? Nevertheless, I could argue that Fortnite is the world's largest social network. Half of the teens on Fortnite Fortnite say it's the best way to keep up with friends. It's sticky too. 64% of Fortnite players spend more than five hours per week on the game. Fortnite is entertainment, but it's also a catalyst for a shared community experience. Members can literally belong to the brand by dressing up as their favorite sports heroes and Marvel characters. Like other successful communities, Fortnite reinforces emotional bonds through live events that feature cosplay, dance competitions, and concerts. Twitch is another source of massive new community growth. This is where Fortnite failures like me can go to watch talented people play the game without dying. It's highly interactive with game, player, commentary, chat, and even pay channels from the most popular stars. Twitch has also pushed into non-gaming categories like music and sports. It stands alone in the dedication of its community members who spend an average of 90 minutes a day there. Marketers can zero in on the right shared experience campfires by focusing on community and cultural relevance, Sarah said. Brands like the NFL, Marvel and Nike have done just that, leveraging Fortnite to reach their fan communities by selling skins, which are like stylized weapons and outfits for players, in-game avatars, uh, creating branded mashup game modes, and offering limited edition product drops inside the game. All right, so what are the implications for a community-based business? These online community niches present big challenges for marketers. At this stage, marketers just need to know what's happening, Sarah said, and the implications for reaching the communities of potential consumers who reside in these campfires. Much of the time, brands have stepped away from knowing and understanding their audiences. How many brand leaders are hanging out on Discord or Telegram? Do they know the new language people are using there? It's a time to be humble and start with research because you'll probably find some major surprises out there. A huge part of the marketing future will be occurring in these campfire communities, she said. Culture is being created there. Movements are being created there. Brand communities are rising in the most unexpected places. Perhaps it's time to cut through the organizational layers and turn market research over to the youngest people you can find. They know how to navigate these spaces. The lesson is clear for marketers. Don't assume what's worked in the past will work in the future. Traditional social listening platforms are deeply flawed, Sarah said, because they don't even touch these new online spaces where significant communities are forming. As a result, brands are losing sight of their audience audiences. The Campfire Playbook. Over time, public community forums like Facebook will be less important as more people migrate to these hidden community spaces. Marketers will need to reimagine their approach to be relevant in this environment, especially since brand trust through online communities is highest amongst those aged 18 to 24. Considerations should include, number one, earning credibility. Building trusting relationships with consumers is the entry point for community connection, especially with a younger audience. Sarah suggests a 5C approach. 
The first C, caring for community members, offering campfire perks such as special gifts, virtual badges, and credits. Collaboration, providing users with opportunities for co-creation. Customization, offering customized campfire products, services, and experiences. Content moderation, enforcing rules for engagement and or appointing live moderators. And finally, consistency, continually acknowledging and rewarding participants. So let me repeat the 5C approach. Earning trusting relationships with consumers is the entry point for community connection. There's so many C words, right? Connection, especially with a younger audience. Sarah suggests the 5C approach, which is caring for community members, collaboration, customization, content moderation, and consistency. Number two, creating a dedicated effort. These niche spaces will require culturally specific teams, programs, and content. To connect to a younger audience, Absolute Vodka created a specific project aimed at these campfire niches. To increase engagement and solidify relationships with the gaming community, Absolute collaborated with Twitch streamers to run competitions on their channels. Those competitions were promoted on the Twitch homepage to further the campaign's reach. Twitch worked with the brand to assure that the alcohol product promotions were appropriate and not shown to audiences younger than 18 years of age. Tapping into influencer talent and creating original Twitch-specific content paid off. The campaign generated 4 million total impressions and 1.1 million unique user visits. Number three in the Campfire playbook. Remember, number one was earning credibility. Number two, creating a dedicated effort. Number three is narrowing the focus. A digital campfire is not meant to replace a social presence, but rather complement it, Sarah says. After all, your digital campfire and social strategies serve two different but related purposes. Social media functions as a digital billboard of sorts, establishing brand awareness, driving product discovery, and helping brand helping place a brand within a broader cultural and marketing context digital campfires exist to cultivate and build a core community through ongoing high touch interactions an example would be american food chain chipotle which launched a career fair on discord that garnered more than 23000 job applications in one week Establishing a Discord presence was outside the norm for most other employers and cultivated a relevant core community for a specific purpose. And finally, number four, partnering with existing campfires. One of the most effective ways to connect in these closed-off spaces is partnering with existing platforms to build custom experiences. An emerging strategy is building attractions inside the campfires. Inside Roblox, shoe and apparel brand Vans launched Vans World, an interactive skateboarding environment. It provides access to nearly 50 million daily users who can hang out, perfect their moves, and design virtual... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I'll be back in one second. <clears throat> it provides access to nearly 50 million daily users who can hang out, perfect their moves, and design personalized virtual apparel and gear. To inform future designs, the company collects data on how the community interacts with its products, Van Van's world functions as a sales driver, and 
customer listening channel within another community. The technological and sociological drivers of community add both complexity and excitement to the brand marketing challenges ahead, and that's what makes marketing endlessly fascinating. I hope you've been inspired by the vast opportunity of community-based marketing. It's not quick or easy, but what marketing is these days, great marketing isn't about conformity and following the pack. Success comes through non-conformity and finding a distinctive, meaningful way to earn the attention of your customers. It's time to get off the ad wagon and create something so bold, so fun, so unmissable that your customers can't wait to belong to your brand. In the final chapter of the book, okay, so there is a a case study and then I'll kind of comment on a few things. It's just a very simple two-page case study. Uh, It's called Hamburgers Around the Campfire. Summary. A fast food chain raised a ruckus in Discord that appealed to its late night, late night fans. America loves its hamburgers. From the biggest gourmet sandwich to the tiniest slider, there are endless variations vying for the attention of the fast food consumer. We have burger chains that are value-oriented, family-friendly, focused on natural ingredients, and just about every other niche you could dream of. And then there is one that is just a little weird. Jack in the Box, based in San Diego, is one of the largest fast food chains in America. Because it's open 24 hours, the company's marketing is generally directed to young gamers, students, and other night owls who crave breakfast for dinner or tacos at 2 a.m. And there's no better place to appeal to a stay-up, all-night, breakfast-for-dinner crowd than Comic-Con the annual celebration of comics-inspired media. At massive conferences like Comic-Con, brands typically launch live immersive activations at great expense. Jack in the Box went another route by announcing an online after-party on its Jack Light, on its Jack's Late Night Discord. Try and say that three times fast. Jack's Late Night Discord, Jack's Late Night Discord, Jack's Late Night Discord. That included giveaways, live drawings, and a performance by a superhero-themed rock band. For this specific event, the company hired a youth-oriented creative agency, to provide the relevant content and language. The culture-first approach helped the brand attract 7,664 new late-night fans across the weekend, generating more than 27,000 messages. Through this unique campfire, the brand connected with digital-first Gen Z consumers in a culturally relevant way, but it's not a one-off. Jack in the Box has created partnerships with youth-oriented influencers, artists, and creators, And the brand maintains a strong presence on Twitch and Reddit, as well as Discord. So that is the chapter. Uh, We've just read the entire chapter, a nice, uh, brief, and succinct chapter called The Secret Communities. Um, I had a few thoughts. Um, First of all, um, I think we have to, you know, if we talk about Discord, right? Remember, Discord started, we're doing this on Discord. This is a secret community in 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 a sense uh this secret community um is one that cannot be tracked or measured or trolled or um you know you have to you, you you can listen in but you're listening in by being here by being present now of course it is free at the moment but if it wasn't it could be token gated and you would need to own a token the token could be free itself the token could um you know have a, a hefty fee etc um, but but it is still this is a campfire to use that definition. Um, it is a it is it is somewhat secret. I mean, it's secret and not so secret. It's an open secret. 
Um, we don't keep this to ourselves. Um, anyone can come and join us. But if you didn't know where to look, you might not find us. Find us. Um, and inside it is safe. Um, we make the rules. Um, and we are not subject to infiltration by brands. Um, you know, they could sponsor. Um, they could absolutely collaborate. And that's kind of, you know, what, what you read or what you heard in the chapter as well. But it's important to remember for people that don't know that Discord started out and for the most part still is uh, a, a platform for gamers. Um, and, you know, wh- what, I don't, what I don't think people realize, it's a, it's a, it's a very simple, uh, elegant point, which is that Discord is the new phone. So when we go and we think about our kids... Um, us, sorry, not our kids, us, us, most likely most of us here, the, you know, even looking at movies from the 80s, just, just think about movies from the 80s, the teenager was in their room and, you know, they, if they were lucky enough to have an extension cord or coil, um, the, the cord would go underneath their door and they would be on the phone and the door would be closed and dad or mom would knock on the door and the kid would go, go away, like get out, you know, I'm on the phone. And of course, there was no like call waiting and for the most part, two lines or something like that. So, you know, your teenager hogged the phone and would speak to their girlfriends or boyfriends or friends for hours upon end. Well, that is happening again right now and it's happening on Discord. And and what I don't know that many people get to this day is the fact that they're playing the game. They're playing Fortnite um, and, and they're talking to each other, you know, Call of Duty, all these games, FIFA, but they're just actually hanging out. So in actual fact, it's not really even, you know, we keep, you, even, the, even the book, even Mark's book is talking about gamers, 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 but it's actually not really about gaming at all. I mean, Fortnite and, and Roblox and Minecraft, and I mean, when, when we look at these platforms, and, and there were others before, but it's, it's the fact that we can converge around that campfire and talk and basically shoot the breeze or shoot the shit and just hang out. And yes, it's, you know, there is a, an activity, you know, cover me, I'm going in, like, that was awesome, you did well, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, it is connection. That's what's really happening here. And that's what Discord uh, plays that role today, you know, for these secret communities and for these gaming communities. Uh, Twitch is another one that started out that way. It started out being uh, a platform for gamers where, you know, gamers would be on and you'd just be watching them. You know, and this was very hard for, you know, for normies, for older marketers or executives to understand, just like they didn't understand PB&J sandwich. Why is anyone sharing a PB and jelly sandwich on, you know, on, um, uh, you know, online with everyone, which was Twitter, you know, just like, um, or, you know, elements of Web3 now, same thing, right? I don't get why, you know, like, I don't get this, why people walking around with, uh, you know, with, with apes on their, you know, on their, you know, on their, on their logos, etc. It's like, I don't get what's happening, this degen culture, whatever, you know, what we don't understand, we fear, or we, or we, or we uh, chastise, um, etc, etc. But these are also opportunities, again, for us to connect. So inside a community, it really has nothing to do with, you know, with the actual NFT itself. I mean, that's what you're aiming for, right? That's what you're aiming for. Everybody is aiming to get to 
you know, going back to Web3, we're all aiming for people to say, this is my forever PFP. This is my token and I'll never, ever, ever sell it because I have a connection, an emotional connection to the art, to the image, to my avatar. This is essentially an extension of my personality. This is my alter ego. This is how people know me and recognize me visually. And if I change it, they might not know me or recognize me in a crowd. You know, it's like walking around with like, you know, having orange hair, being a gingy, as they would say, you know, you're instantly noticeable being six foot seven. You know, this is, this is the, this is identity in many respects, but it's really connection. You know, and that's why, and that's why community, um, we talk about community and we talk about NFTs and they're not one and the same, but there is a middle ground. And that's what everyone, every founder is aiming for. You know, I've been saying to people even, you know, with, with, uh, with Alpha Collective, by the way, invitations will go out this week from Deloitte and then from us. So the event is happening May 10th uh, in New York City. We will launch Alpha Collective. Um, I have no idea <laughs> uh, what will happen, but, but we're just putting it out there about a year late um, but then again, you know, the market has been kind of volatile and uncertain. So maybe, hopefully, timing is everything. Um, but, you know, I've said to people, if you can afford it, buy two. So that you should never, ever be in a position where you're forced to sell it or you're anguishing about it. My my key point there is if you're in a position financially, buy two. So n- not because I'm trying to be a salesperson or a greasy snake oil salesman quite the opposite because i've been there before i've put myself in those shoes where you know i know when i thought about proof collective when i look back at it i know you know i missed out on the mint the mint was one eth i only had 0.75 i missed out on that and it jumped all the way to two and a half within minutes and I kicked myself. I was so upset at the time. ETH was like over $3,000. And I was like, oh my goodness, I would have made $5,000. <laughs> I would have sold it immediately. And you know what? I would have hated myself afterwards because it jumped all the way at one point to 90 ETH. I would have felt sick. I would have hated myself because I was in it for the wrong reasons. I wasn't, you know, I... I I mean, that was me, right? But imagine I had bought it. So here's scenario two. Imagine I had bought it, and suddenly I got access to all of these incredible people, like Kevin Rose, and I'm inside the secret community, and I'm sitting around the campfire, and I'm hanging out with with like-minded people and influencers and celebrities and incredible artists, and I'm like, this is the greatest group or party or campfire or that I've ever been a part of and then I look at the floor and the floor is 10 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 ETH and I'm like oh my god that's $250,000 what I would do with $250,000 for a, a keynote speaker and a consultant who whose revenue went from you know from hero to zero because of COVID suddenly no one's booking keynote speakers anymore and there are no conferences and no workshops and no moderation and yeah there are these virtual events uh, etc but the competition for these virtual events are incredible and $250,000 and what would I have done 
most likely, if I was smart enough, I guess I would have sold. And maybe not at 90, because I would have actually freaked out at 20 or 30. And then I would have felt sick again. Why did I sell at 30? I could have sold at 40, at 50, at 60, at 70, at 80, at 90. But let's just say I sold at 90, $250,000 in the bank account. But I'm out the community. I'm locked out. I'm not, I'm not around the campfire anymore. My friends, my, my colleagues, my, my new friends, my people, they're gone. And it's my fault because I sold my token. I'm out. And I'm probably never getting back. I mean, ironically today, things have moved in a different direction. But, I mean, I couldn't know that. I couldn't know that at all. So I'm trying to see, uh, let, me, let me go and look and see where, where Proof is today. I mean, they've now announced, uh, Proof Collective was um, initially, uh, it was a three-year membership um, and uh, they've announced that they're not renewing. Uh, it's 10 ETH at the moment, so it's 10.48 ETH, which, by the way, in, in a bear market, I mean, hell, listen, I still can't afford it. You know, so like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, what's that? It's, uh, call it, that's $20,000. So it's not like it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's not like, uh, like it's, uh, pennies on the dollar, right? It's not like bog and basement. It's not like, you know, the floor is tanked. I mean, relatively, the floor is tanked, I suppose. But it's still 10.8 ETH to get involved. And trust me, if I, if I could, I would get back into it. But that's not the point, right? The point is, because bringing it back to this idea, why did I tell people, why have I told people buy two? Is because if you buy two, you can afford to flip one. In fact, in fact, all you have to do is hope the floor doubles. And then by doubling the floor, I mean, by, by, by jumping out, you've actually just paid for your free, you've paid for your actual original pass. So not only have you gotten into the community, right? You've gotten into this amazing community, this secret community, this digital campfire, this social campfire, this um, shared campfire, and you didn't even pay for it. And of course, there are other scenarios as well. That's why I've said it. I've said it because I've kind of lived it and experienced it. Maybe not completely in from the outside looking in with my you know, face and nose pressed against the glass, wondering what is said around that campfire, what deals are made, what connections are created, what collaborations uh, were were solidified or um, uh, consummated, which people were hired. Don't you wish you could be a fly on the wall in these secret communities? Don't brands wish they could be a fly on the wall in these secret communities to hear what the real influencers are saying? At the moment, there's an article I saw yesterday about all these influencers are are, are, are faking that they're at Coachella at the moment, so they're creating all these videos, like pretending that they're there and you don't have any reason to believe or know that whether they're there or not, you know, because brands have paid for, like, activations, etc. It's a different kind of influencer marketing. 
The influencers are sitting inside around the campfire. And the only way you can get in is through a token. And if you do come in as a token, you can't be like, oh, look who's around the campfire today. It's Arturo and and Bez and Peggy and Bruce and Praxim and Proctor and Gamble. What? And Mr. Clean and Crest? I don't think so. I don't think a brand, a, a can, a shoe, a box, uh, a capsule can actually sit around a digital campfire, human campfire. It's got to look something slightly different. So I just wanted to kind of make those uh, points, you know, and actually talk about why these secret communities are so important. Because remember how the chapter begins. These are safe spaces. And younger consumers are already there. They want a safe place. They want, it's like, it's like, um, how many of you, when you were kids, you know, had your own little, you know, hideout? I mean, I suppose it's like a tree house, you know, adults not welcome, stay away, pirate, you know, flag, um, girls not, you know, girls not welcome. If you were like a, a boy growing up, maybe in the 60s or 70s or whatever, 80s, girls were, girls were ew and vice versa. Maybe girls felt their way about boys too. Um, with respect to their, you know, secret places or, or you know, houses or wherever, you know, or tree houses or whatever. <clears throat> that was, you know, today men hide out in their man cave, um, you know, kids hiding out in the attic or finding little places to escape from the world, from homework, um, from... You know, these days as adults who we're, we're trying to escape the, the bill collectors, the IRS, the trolls, um, real life, our boss, whomever. So we, we, want, we want to sometimes jump into character. That's the, that's, the, um, that's the essence of what the metaverse brings to the table. That's what people don't understand. This is all about a human connection. That's all. That's all. We want to connect with people that are like us or we want to be able to connect as ourselves or we want to have an opportunity to be someone else for a day, to role play. And I don't mean that in a, in a kind of sexual way. I mean it in a legit way, you know. We might be introverts in our real life, but in the metaverse, we can be anyone we want to be. That's the power it's the power to take someone who's confined to a wheelchair and give them wings, literally give them wings and allow them to soar. That's the opportunity. It's not an opportunity to hawk product and sell shoes and cans. It's an opportunity for people to connect at the deepest, most or most visceral or purest or emotional level, help one another uh, empathize with each, commiserate, congratulate, celebrate together. That's really what's happening. And and you know, brands. This is just not. This is the sum to sum, as I've explained it. The sum dash two dash sum dash. No, no dash. The sum dash two dash sum. These campfires are not soup. 
If the campfire was at the Super Bowl, it would be a raging forest fire that would burn down the entire arena and and country. <laughs> it's not it's not that kind of a fire. It's a campfire. Campfires are smaller. It could be a bonfire, but a bonfire even is still not a million people. I mean, that sounds like a I don't know. It sounds like people dressed up in white. Uh, we don't like those type over here. So the fires themselves aren't that big. They're controlled fires. They're fires that you can actually see each other across from. They're fires that you can toast marshmallows. They're fires that people can sit around and be safe and warm, literally and figuratively. These are the campfires that mark writes about in chapter 11. These are the sum-to-sum communities. They are intimate. That's why we've discussed many times in the Collective Cafe about the intimacy of being together and what happens at some point when those numbers become too big. What does the fire look like? There are many fires. There's a fire in your heart. There's a fire in your belly. You know, there's a fire of motivation. There are fiery people. There are fire signs. But as the community grows, the fire grows. And as the fire grows, it becomes less controlled. And it can potentially become more destructive. That's something to bear in mind. Because the brand is probably thinking, how do I scale campfires, right? How do I scale campfires? What does the Super Bowl of campfires look like? It doesn't. Not in the sum to sum. So just looking at some of the comments. Happy Thursday to you. If you did come a little early, uh, or sorry, a little late today, your code today is chill pill, two words, chill, chill space pill, and, and it is a magic poem. It's a magic poem that says, if we are together in the same place at the same time, in a city or a country where gummies are legal, we will have an opportunity to have one together. It's a magic poem. So, you know, if you are in the same place at the same time and you get today's chill pill poap and we're in a legal place like, I don't know, Colorado or even Connecticut these days, we're going to have a gummy together to celebrate 420. It's happy 420 today. Let's be happy. And let's make sure that we're not actually sitting around a proper campfire so that we can be in control. Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Any thoughts on today? I know, Brucey, you were, you were up the other day and we couldn't hear you. Maybe you want to try again. We covered a lot of interesting things today, and I'm happy to cut it a little short, um, only because, uh, as I mentioned at the start, I'm off for my annual general physical today and uh, back to the scene of the crime where I found out I needed heart surgery. I'm not expecting anything um, uh, that uh, dramatic today. In fact, I'm looking for a very uneventful day. Um, I've also had an amazing week. 
Um, today, another recording, Lisa Copeland, yesterday, Scott Martin. Um, it was very, wow. I mean, the insights, the insights this week have been insane. Um, you know, having David Drebin on Monday and Simon Bull on Tuesday, I am so inspired as an artist, as a creator, uh, as a content creator, um, and um, you you definitely want to watch those episodes. Um, I've also um, had such a that session we had yesterday. I've already turned that into an article, um, and um, you know, weakness, the the upside down. I was just so you know enamored with where that conversation went, um, and I'll probably if I don't release it today i'll probably release it maybe on monday on linkedin and a few other channels uh but definitely inspired by that so um i th- i think today was you know short and sweet and um i want to see if there was anything else um that i wanted to uh mention about these uh campfires um about uh, discord um, and, you know, this idea of the playbook, remember, uh, earning cre- uh, credibility, creating a dedicated effort, narrowing the photos, focus, and partnering with existing campfires. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll kind of, um, maybe, maybe what I'll do is there's actually a really, um, you know, next week what we'll do is we'll read the conclusion because there's a really nice uh, conclusion from me to we, uh, seems like something that Fanzo would want to come to, and I'll invite Mark Schaefer to to next week as well. Next week, I'm actually away. Um, I'm in Austin, so if I'm not able to make it, and I should be able to, um, it will be a great opportunity for Mark to maybe lead that final book read. So I'm going to reach out to him today um, and uh, see if he'll join us. But yeah, so um, I, I I think I think we're in good shape. Um, the the point I just wanted to make very briefly um, as we lead up to the uh, POA being available um, is that this idea of partnering with existing campfires, um, it, it's a point worth emphasizing for brands out there, which is, you know, find, you know, fish where the fish are is kind of your media 101, right? Um, and that's kind of um, certainly uh, became much more, prevalent with social media with the hub and spoke model with this idea that that people are not sitting on your website they're out there in the conversation having these real conversations so fish with official um but really what's happening here is this idea of of um you know partnering with other campfires is this ability to recognize that you know engagement is not happening on your turf anymore right so in in if you want a if you want a very simple way of thinking about it, uh, with with Web One, um, it was very much destination, right? They were on your website. Log on to our, you know, visit our website. So it was about being kind of on the brand's turf. In Web Two, it was now what is called, um, you know, in in, in football terms like home and away, right? Home was web one. Away was now Facebook or Instagram, you know, or or these different platforms. So you were on somebody else's turf, right? So you were the landlord in web one. 
Now you're a tenant and there's another landlord in Web 2. But in Web 3, it's a neutral ground. It is not owned by any major player per se. It is owned by the people themselves, right? So Web 1, it's owned by you. In Web 2, it's owned by another player, another big player, even bigger player. But in Web 3, it's not owned by a big player anymore. It's owned by all of the smaller players together. And that's the mindset shift, right? That's the mindset shift that says, you know, don't pay for attention, pay attention. You know, you could you could create all the marketing advertising in the world to attract uh, through coercion or incentives or win or discounts or sweepstakes or whatever the case may be you know but mass advertising driving people to your website in web 2 um you know pay to play um you know um facebook and these platforms controlling the spigot or or you know or the pipe and if you wanted to actually make sure that your feed appeared above the fold or visible, you had to pay for that. You had to pay for that. So it wasn't just good enough to have a Facebook group or like us or, you know, you had to actually like pay to stay visible. But in Web3, it's different again. So now there's no way you can't buy your way in like, like the way you used to. You can, you can buy a seat around the campfire, but you can't necessarily buy the campfire unless you figure out how to, well, you can, but then you would have to acquire the entire campsite if you want to use that analogy. But at best, you can perhaps partner with the campsite owner. So it's a a shift, and I hope you can see the one, two, three shift and how it fits together beautifully. Um, And and recognizing the different elements of control and the different elements of size and the different elements of intimacy and the different elements of, of uh, credibility. But ultimately, you know, this idea of, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, really does apply in this sense. Join the conversation. Join the campfire. You know, earn your place. Sit around. Be a human being. These are, in many respects, the failed promises and failed potential of Web 2 now coming to pass, and, um, and, and we have another shot to get it right if we are a brand, if we are a business, if we are a corporation. So just wanted to give you that little epilogue, if you will, statement. All right, so we're going to end early. The POAP should be available for you. Um, I will see you tomorrow, No Agenda Friday. Um, have an amazing day. Great to see you, Bruce. You've been coming uh, quite a bit this week, which is amazing. Peggy, you're a, you're a bit of a regular now, which is amazing. Um, and I love always seeing you drinking your coffee. Bez, ever present. And Arturo, it's always good to have you here and have you back uh, with us. Uh, the secret word, uh, I told you, it's chill pill. Take a chill pill. Bez, take a chill pill. It's 420. Chill out. I'm joking. Um, I will see you all tomorrow. Take care, everyone. Bye.
You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com, find the show at marketingpodcasts.net, or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.